franchise, Shane Douglas, and you watching Pounding the Meat. <laughs> Welcome to Pounding the Meat Podcast. It's a special, special Thursday. A very, very special Thursday tonight. Normally, we're just the four of us just hanging out, doing our thing. But tonight, we have a very special guest. The Pearl River Powerhouse is here tonight with us. Ahmed Johnson. You say out of the people, King J. Sean, he's ready for the Pearl River Plunge. How are you, my friend? Listen to Panetta. Give these guys a thumbs up, like, and subscribe. If you're not subscribed to the channel, subscribe to be able to comment and ask your questions. Juan, what is going on, man? How are you? Bonkers, what is up? Ethan Thompson, what is good? And Panetta, I will have your children. Yes. Absolutely. But this man has, has seen a lot, man. He's, he's been through a lot. Had quite the career. Fast but effective. Cannot argue that. Justin, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. But I am so honored to have this man here with us. And uh, very grateful for him being giving of his time. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you... The one, the only, Mr. Ah, Matt Johnson. He is here with us. Ahmed, how are you, my friend? Welcome to Pounding the Meat Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Vinny. How about you? I'm doing good, man. And it's so crazy. The voice is the same. It is Ahmed Johnson. He's here. Very excited to have you, man. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for, for uh, being giving of your time and, and uh, willing to hang out on this, on this podcast. How has everything been going for you? I noticed, first of all, congratulations. You have lost a ton of weight, my friend. You look incredible. Yeah, lost 115 pounds, brother. 115 pounds. Oh, yeah. And I asked you, how are you doing it? What, what is the secret? I asked if you went vegan, you know, did you, are you only shopping at Whole Foods? What is the secret? What are you doing? No, just dieting, man, and hitting the weight room. That's about it. That's it. Good for you, brother. Good for you. Congratulations. Keep it going, my man. Thank you. Going in. Also, um, let's give a shout out to your kids. Uh, Ahmed, they, they are watching live right now. Shout out to uh, Ahmed's children. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah. Zachary, Marvin, and Tony Jr. Woo! And my daughter, Amanda and Nina. There we go. They're watching the show. And 
this is interesting. Before we get started, Ahmed, this is this is pretty cool. I noticed. Now listen, since WWE hasn't really dropped a, a figure of you lately, a company has decided to do it on their own. Right? Check this out. Grapplers and gimmicks. The it's like a a, a Hasbro uh, with the powerhouse plunge. There it is, the Ahmed Johnson or the Tony Norris figure. Got to be careful to copyright Tony Norris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can pre-order that on, uh, I think it's WrestlingFiguresNews.com. I just typed in Tony Norris, Grapplers and Gimmicks action figure. It is there, and it looks really, really good. They did a great job. Um, let's see. Let's say hi to the people real quick. Uh, we have IVT. What is going on? Heavy T. Steven, how are you? Uh, Heavy T says, so glad I'm not missing this. I'm glad you're here, brother. Jay Ross says, Pearl River. And Nico says, good evening. Everyone, welcome to the show. Um, I wanted to start with your childhood, Ahmed. Okay. Uh, Go over that with me because I don't think everyone knows about that and, and, and really the struggles of growing up the way you did. I would like you to go into that a little bit for me. Go ahead. Well, growing up, I grew up very, very rough. Um, I was abused by my father. Um, had a real rough life, man, growing up. I left home when I was about, I'd say about 13, 14, mm. and kind of got it on my own. And what people don't know about me is I went to um, Payne City, Florida, where I worked at Circus World, where I helped train lions and tigers, man, at Circus World in Haines City, Florida, with Dave really? McMillan. Okay. The, the tiger, the, the guy that did the show was named Dave McMillan. Yeah. And I trained lions and tigers, man, in Haines City, Florida, and that kind of got me through life. Look at you. Shout out to Haines City. That's like, that's 20 minutes from me. Yep. We were just talking about that. I'm in, I'm in Polk County, Central, Central Florida. That is literally 10 minutes, and you trained lions and tigers. Yeah, at Haines City, Florida, man. That's incredible, man. Yeah, but I'm, I'm from right there where you're at, baby. I'm from Lake Alfred, Florida. There he is. He's right there. I mean, I, I could throw a rock and hit Lake Alfred, man. That's great. And we have, let's see, we have Drew. Good evening, PTM and Ahmed. What's up, Drew? Uh, so your dad your dad was, was abusive, right? Yeah, he was. But I, I, I forgave him for it, you know, and, and, and we had a conversation um few months ago. Oh, interesting. How'd that go? I went good, man. Went real good. Uh-huh. Better than I expected. Are you uh maybe is it is it looking like the future might be better for you guys? Maybe maybe some sort of relationship can can happen or is it not there yet? Oh yeah. We're we're definitely gonna have a relationship. All right. And get together. I've I've chosen to forgive them, you know, and and that's you know one of the best things you can do, man, is forgive somebody. That's right. Not only for them, but for yourself. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It allows you to shed that that weight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, figuratively, figuratively speaking, it, it really does help you move on from yes, sir. from trauma. And uh, so, was that why you actually went into the army? Maybe to get away from that? Well, yeah, I kind of went to the army because you know it was it was kind of a different spot for me, you know. Yeah, I hadn't planned on going to the army growing up, but you know, once I got with the recruiter and everything, I I, I kind of went right into it. 
Okay. And in the army, not a lot of people don't know this about you. Okay. You graduated most distinguished. You were a most distinguished honored graduate yes, in sir. Fort Seal, Oklahoma. Yes, That's sir. really good. Graduate top of the class, man. And top of the class. Here that haven't been broken. Look at you, bro. Top of the class in the army. There is no way I would even come close to that, man. There is absolutely no way. Congratulations on that. It was rough. It was rough. I'm sure it was. Now, did you ever get into any wrestling fights there? Is that is that kind of what made you want to go into wrestling? Did, were, were you in wrestling in the Army or anything like that? No, I, I, I kind of roughed some people up in the Army, but no, I wasn't into professional wrestling then. We got the Grease commenting, Ahmed, great to see you looking healthy. Thank you. And uh, get it in your super chats. If you want to ask Ahmed questions, we are going to be saving the super chats for later uh, in the show. And we will be asking your questions to, to Mr. Ahmed. So what got you into the way you say it, wrestling? Well, the reason I got into it was um, Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat. Yes. Uh, Ivan Pusky opened up a school in, um, here in Houston. And Stevie wanted to go to the school and... Back then, we were like brothers, man. We was partners. Mm-hmm. And um, so Steve wanted to go, so I decided to follow him and go with him. And Ivan Pusky trained us, and that's how we got started in the professional wrestling. There it is. So you just decided, uh, did he call you, or or what happened there? Did you Were you guys talking about it for a while? Well, no, Stevie always been into wrestling, man. I mean, he was a uh, wrestling encyclopedia. Yeah. And... um. Once I opened up the school, you know, we worked out together all the time, me and Stevie did. And once I opened up the school, we decided, hey, to go give it a shot and see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? I'm glad he did because look what happened. Oh, yeah. You know what look what happened. Yeah, he got the hamburger tea started in it. All together, right? Right. Well, what happened was, so from there, from the school, you went to Global Wrestling Federation, Right. Right. Okay, and you were Mo Deep. Mo Deep and Nubian Terror. <laughs> Look at that. You are huge from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I was big. Man. There you are. Now, how was this experience for you, Ahmed? Oh, man, it was great, man. Working with Skandar Akbar and Chris Adams and uh, Hart and, and a bunch of other people, man. And Bradshaw was there. Right. It, it was great. The Global Federation was what everybody went to get their start, man. Okay. So I it was kind of like a developmental thing, would you say? Yeah. Anybody who's anybody in professional wrestling came through Global. Okay. And how long were you there for in Global? Um, maybe about two years. I got in, in a match with Michael Hayes and the Freebirds. Oh, there we go. I had a Michael match Hayes. With and once we got done with the match, Michael Hayes told me, you know what, brother? He said, you need to be in the WWF. He said, I'm going to get you up there. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do, man. He got me up there. So shout out to Michael Hayes. Shout out to Michael Hayes, bro. Now, was he on his way to the WWF or was he was he just visiting from there? How'd that, how'd that happen? Yeah, he was on his way back to the WWF. Yeah. So he said, I'm, I'll bring you in. And he said, he's gonna, he said I'm going to get you up there, man. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do. It took a little while, but he got me up there. Okay. 
And uh, before you went to WWF, you were in NWA for a little bit of a run and, and Japan, right? Well, I went to um, Japan and, and NWA was after all that. I was went to NWA once I was in WWF. Okay. I had a match gotcha. where I beat Jerry Lawler for the belt and became right. NWA champion. Okay. And um, that was after Japan and Global. Awesome. Tell me about the call. When did you find out you're actually heading to the big leagues, the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation? It was a call out the blue, man. I remember sitting home one day, my phone rung. Uh-huh. I picked the phone up, and the guy said, uh, hey, this is Tony Norton. I was like, yeah. He said, well, this is Vince McMahon. And Holy I thought shit. somebody was playing a ha-ha on me. So Vince Vince called you himself? Yeah, Vince called me personally himself. Wow. And um, I didn't believe it was Vince. Mm-hmm. So I was like real rude to him, man. I was like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. And he said, well, I have a ticket at your door tomorrow morning. And just like he said, man, the next day there was UPS at the door with the ticket. Wow. With a, so he, he flew you. Where did he fly you? Um, into Stanford, Connecticut. Okay, right to the, to, the, to the office, to the building? Yes. Oh, man, that's awesome. So tell me about that. So first of all, did you, you had to leave the next day, right? I had to leave the next day. Wow. Tell me about that trip. First of all, did you dress up in a suit? What did you look like before you go to, to see Vince McMahon? Uh, I just had some blue jeans and a um, muscle shirt. and That's it. <laughs> you know, basically, I didn't dress up in a suit or anything. My man came in like this. Oh, man. <laughs> Without the belt. <laughs> came in like that oh, now the well. muscle shirt is smart because you know that's what Vince loved right yeah he, All right, so you walk in muscles man step by step how'd this meeting go with Vince it went it went well he um flew me out and then he flew me back home and I told him you know I want to bring my lawyer out to go to the contract so I brought the lawyer with me and Vince ate him up Ate really? Lunch, man. Yeah, it was a waste of money, a waste of time on my part to even bring a lawyer. Because <laughs> Vince was like, I'm going to pay what I'm going to pay, and that's it. <laughs> and I like, but he told me to bring, you know, counsel with me. Right. And then I bring counsel with me, and he eats the guy up <laughs> like a shark, man. <laughs> how was, the, you don't have to give us numbers, but how was the offer? Was it like, all right, I'm dropping everything now, I'm in? Oh yeah, it was it was definitely I'm dropping everything now I'm in. Yeah. So you're in the WWF, right? Your first day on the job. Who do you see? Who do you interact with? What was that like for you? I mean, this is a big, big deal. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well What was I, that experience like the first day? The first day was amazing, man. I just kind of went in there and um Hung out with Vince and went to the weight room and worked out a little bit. And um, it was just amazing, man. It really was. He was showing you around and all that, you know, trying to yeah. get a feel for you. Okay. Show me around Titan Towers and, you know, got to look at everything. And it was very impressive. Who were some of the first superstars you got to meet and, and kind of connect with when you, when you first got there? Well, you know, when the first one I met was uh, Mark Henry, unfortunately. Oh wow! And um, I ran into the Rock, but he wasn't the Rock back then. He was just, you know, uh, Maya Via, right? Or was he? Kid, you know? Oh, he was just a kid then. Okay. 
Yeah. But was he was like wasn't he Rocky Maivia at the time or was he? He was Rocky Maivia, yeah. Rocky Maivia at the time, yeah. So yeah, and he was up there talking over contract also. Oh, interesting. Oh, so he was he was just getting into the yeah, into the WWF as well. Too. Great. So Mark Henry, you say unfortunately, was it a bad uh, introduction? How, tell me well, why it was uh, unfortunate. Tell you the story real quick. Please do. We went out to, um, he came and got me one day and we went out to a nightclub. Was this before club. you were, or this was after you are in WWF or before? No, this is right when I got to WWF. Okay. And I uh, went to this nightclub and it was an underground club. Okay. And I didn't like the club because it seemed satanic kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went back out to the limousine. Then Mark came out with this, crackhead looking woman i mean i'm talking to white lips and everything she was straight up crackhead and he sits there and she gives him the job in the limousine uh-huh. and then he looks at me and asks me do you want some hell no i don't want none <laughs> are you kidding me i mean this girl was straight up crackhead off the street man <laughs> So that that was it for me, and as far as me and him go. Interesting, very interesting. So it wasn't it wasn't the greatest first impression with with Mark no. Henry. Okay, not at all. So we have uh, we actually have a super chat here from Slapdown. Thank you for the uh, two seventy nine. He says, "Ahmed, you were a great part of my childhood." Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being a fan. We also have uh, 20 from King J. Sean. My goodness gracious. Thank you, King J. Sean. Reporting from Tornado Shelter in Dallas. Oh, my goodness. LOL, but glad to finally have service to listen. Great to see Mr. Norris looking healthy. Glad to support this channel. Um, I have, is does AJ still, uh, does Ahmed still have his IC belt from back then? That's a good question. Do you still have that intercontinental? Yeah, I still have the intercontinental belt. Really? Which nobody ever beat me for, by the way. Okay. It was taken from me during the injury. So okay. far as I'm concerned, I'm still the Intercontinental Champ. Amen. <laughs> we have a dollar ninety nine from Ibzan Arroyo. Whatever happened to the Kuwait Cup trophy you won? Uh sitting in the living room. Okay, King. Okay. That's great. So there was a lot of talk at how some of the, the, the boys in the back were, were jealous in the beginning of you because of your immediate push, they would right. say, because of how you looked. You looked great, you a million-dollar body, and you were intense to the, fact, to the point to where Vince had you immediately slam Yokozuna right oh. out the gate. Right. All right, talk to me, King. How did this come about? When did you find out you were slamming Yoko and did you understand how important that was going to be for your start? I had no idea how important that was going to be as far as launching me. But um, I remember in the back, Yoko was, uh, I don't know if he was just a little upset, a little jealous. Everybody was because like I said, I was green, extremely green. Mm. And here I come in off the streets and getting this big push. And uh, so Yoko told me, I hope you can pick me up because I'm not going to jump. 
And so I was like, okay, you know, I I was scared, man. I was like, how am I going to get this dude up in the air? Because oh then he was weighing like 700 pounds. Yeah, he was bigger then. Yeah. And I was like, how am I going to get him up in the air? And Luger did it, but Luger did it when he was only like 500 something pounds. Mm. So he said he wasn't going to jump. So, man, I just closed my eyes and gripped my teeth and lift him up as far as I could take him, man, and then dumped him, <laughs> you know, to a slam. Did you, what was it like after the slam? First of all, the crowd went nuts. Yeah. Because you slammed him a few times. Yeah. I believe one, uh, you did it twice during Survivor Series, but that first initial slam, the crowd went insane. They went berserk. Now, you, you and Yoko, what was the relationship like with you guys? I'm sure it was rough in the beginning, wasn't it? Oh, it was rough with everybody in the beginning, like I said, because here you got this greenhorn coming off the streets and get this big push. So, I mean, none of the boys appreciated that, you know? Yeah. Which I don't blame them. I understand now that I've been in the business for a while, I understand why they were so upset and jealous about it. Right. But um, later on, me and Yoko had a very good relationship, man. After that, you know, we had a few words one time, and after that, we had a very good relationship, man. Did you guys did you guys stay in touch throughout your your run there and kind of would you guys hang out? Did you drive together or was it just? Yeah, we, we rode together up and down the road a few times. Me, him, Rakishi, and Sabio Vega. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, and we rode up and down the road a few times together. Fantastic. Uh, Yoko was a legend and uh, one of the best big men to ever do it. Yes, Rest he in was. peace. Rest in peace to Yokozuna, man. Yes, he was. Rest in peace. You um, you have a, a feud with uh, Mr. Jeff Jarrett, Double J. Yeah, Double J. Uh, how did that go for you? Tell tell me about working with Double J. Well, the time he hit me with that guitar, I don't know if you, you remember that guitar shot I took. Mm-hmm. Uh, there it is. I mean, he laid it in there, man. And I I don't know if he used right wood or what, but when he rung it in there, it rung my bell. Mm. And I was kind of upset about that for a while. So, you know, me and Jeff Jarrett didn't get along all that good. He was uh, on his podcast recently. They actually, he mentioned working with you when, when you were green. He said, and these were his words. Now I'm, I'm not quoting him word for word, but he basically said he, he had a million dollar body. He was intense, but he was very, very green. Yes. that's and true. And he didn't, he didn't understand how to transition. And I think that's, uh, why he might not have liked working with you in the beginning, but right now hindsight's 2020, he understood the position you were in. And he, he did say that, man, you, you did look the part and he understood why Vince was pushing you. So, Right. I he think Vince pushed me because of my intensity. I mean, even today, it hasn't been matched. I mean, he's tried to get people in there like Ezekiel Jackson and other people in there trying to be the new Ahmed. But that intensity, man, is something that I was born with, brother. That's come from years of pain, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you scared so the shit out of me. Yeah, that's not something you can you can fake, man. It's either you got intensity like that or you don't have it. It was also when you would jump on that ring and you jump over the rope. You know that <laughs> little that was that little exclamation point, like I'm here to kick your ass. Yes, sir. 
and it's going to be stiff as fuck and you're going to deal with it. That's what I saw. So I was scared yes, for anyone that went, would you consider yourself a stiff guy? Um, I, I don't think, I don't think I was, man. I mean, I, my punches and stuff were pretty light. Hogan, Hogan told me one time after we got done with like a battle Royal, he told me one time that he said, brother, he said, when you got in the ring with me, he said, I was fearing you. He said, hmm. but your punches were some of the lightest punches I ever took. And that's coming from, you know, Hogan. Interesting. Because then we have this guy here. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Ahmed, but uh, I'm sure he looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking gimmick, my God. I think I can remember that. The, the, oh, the my. Viking football helmet on. Let me tell you something. Now, when he, he debuted, when you were uh, with Shawn Michaels and you guys were facing uh, the smoking guns for the tag team championships. And this guy comes out, and, man, he kicks the shit out of your kidney right here. Yes, was, sir. Was this what caused the injury, this kick? Yes, yes sir. That's what okay. caused the injury. That's and, why I, later on I paid him back when I took him through the table with that um, street fight we had with the Road Warriors. Yeah. And it kind of broke his ribs. It was just a receipt for what he gave me. Did he do that on purpose? Yeah, I think he did. I think he was he was also jealous, you know, and upset because here he was the first black champion in WCW. And then here I was becoming the first intercontinental black champion in WWF. Mm -hmm. I think there was some jealousy there. Matter of fact, he said on some interviews that he was jealous. Right. Interesting. Uh, did you have any interaction with him before the the debut? Uh, no, I, I didn't even see him before that. I didn't even know he was there, honestly, until they, you know, went over the, the script backstage. I didn't have any idea he was even there. So he just immediately said, "Fuck this guy! I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick him in the, kick him as hard as I can in the kidney." Yes. Interesting. Uh, speaking of the Intercontinental Championship, you were the first African American Intercontinental Champion. Yes, sir. That is a. Uh, Tell me about that. That was at King of the Ring 96. Tell me about that experience, man. When did you find out you were you were going to win the title? And, and what does that still mean to you to this day? It, it still means the world to me, becoming the first black single champion in history with the WWF, you know. Mm -hmm. That that means the world to me. And um, it was just a special moment, man. It was a special moment. And once again, and that rubbed a bunch of the guys the wrong way because here his rookie was coming in and getting a belt already, you know, right. and some guys have been there 10, 14 years, you know, right. And they didn't get out of the belt. So there's a lot of jealousy and still is a lot of jealousy. Dustin Rhodes. How was he to work with? I mean, gold dust, of course, gold dust, the character, and I, you know, you got, you got the little smooch on live TV, <laughs> right? Did you guys practice that or what happened there? First Bro, of all. we practiced that backstage <laughs> and Dustin was supposed to put his hand over my mouth <laughs> and kiss his hand, but he knew it was live TV and there was nothing I could do about it. So he did the lip lip for real. <laughs> and I'm like, you son of a gun, I'm going to kill you when I get up. 
And so, yeah, he, he did that for real. But, man, he, he was a hoot to work with, man. He was It was nice working with him. Yeah, the, there you are with the Intercontinental Championship. A stud. Absolute stud. So at the time when you won the Intercontinental title, uh, Shawn Michaels was the uh, World Wrestling Federation champion. And of course, we all know, when you win that Intercontinental Championship, you are next in line for the World Championship. Yes, sir. What was the vibe backstage after winning that title? What was the feel with, I would say, they were together then. It was Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels, you know, Kevin Nash. Right. Did they, did they kind of welcome you? Did they, did they help you out or were they standoffish? What was that like? No, the only person that really helped me out, man, was um, Razor Ramon. Razor uh-huh. Ramon would watch backstage my matches, and when I got done and I came out, he would critique my matches for me and tell me what you know looked good and what didn't look good. And but the rest of them, no. One day, uh, Sean called me in, into a little office, and uh, he was like, "Ahmed, you know." you got to stop doing all this high-flying stuff, you know, because when you do it at 350 pounds, then I come out and do it. It doesn't look like, you know, I'm doing anything because you just did it. So he didn't like me diving over the top rope and doing all the stuff. I kept doing it, but he didn't appreciate that at all. Because it kind of took the shine off of him doing those high-flying moves is what you said? Right, because I was doing it at 350 pounds, you know, and then he was doing them also, you know, and if a 350 pound guy can do it, you know, I guess it made him look bad okay. to him. Yeah. But I didn't care. I kept doing them. It's interesting that you, that, uh, Razor or rest in peace to, to Scott Hall, he would pull you aside and was it him by himself? Just pull yeah, you it, was just, it was just Razor by himself, man. Um, he would critique my matches and man, and I, I, I appreciated that so much about him, man. Man, rest in peace. What a, what a legend there. Uh-huh. I really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what's interesting? After you won the IC title, something happened to your car. Right? It, it, was, it was keyed. Right. Because I, I remember you talking about it. And who did you think key, who, who do you think did that? Well, I didn't know who did it, honestly. Okay. But I was told that Steve Austin did it, but Steve said he didn't do it. So I I have no idea who did it, man. I really okay. don't know. So you originally thought it was Stone Cold. Right. And he's since denied that? Yes, he said he didn't do it. Okay. So I, I have no idea who would do it, man, unless it was Shawn Michaels. Interesting. Which I wouldn't put past him. <laughs> but that's crazy that you never found out to this day who... I mean, nope. it could have been a fan. Who knows? Still don't know to this day. Wow. You're in line for the for the world title. You're supposed to to face the world champion and then the kidney injury, uh, which you said is from that kick. Right. By uh, Farouk. How did that, how much did that set you back mentally? And what it was that process little- for recovery? For recovery, sitting back a little ways, man. I mean, it, it messed my shot up at the world title with Sean, which I heard I was going to get the belt then. 
But um, it, it really set me back, man. He really threw my career off track when he did that, man. The to this day, have you have you talked to Farouk or 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 mended fences with him or anything? No, I haven't spoke to him up to this day. So he's one of those that you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel there. Um, no, not really. Wow, not really. You so then our feud was our feud. I mean, we worked together great, but our feud was a little more than people knew it was. Tell me more. What do you mean? What I mean is his jealousy and you know it, it, it made our matches somewhat of an inconvenience. I mean we worked together well but it really kind of messed up our, our chemistry. I got you. Because there was that it was that weight on you about the about the real heat, which kind of, you know, didn't really make it 100% comfortable for you to work with him. Right. Okay. Well, you returned in 96 and, and feuded with Farouk and the Nation of Domination. And, of course, you had the, the street fight with the, the Legion of Doom. Shout out to these legends. Hawk and Animal. There was an interview with Animal where he claimed that you, uh, these spikes that they let you use, you stole them. Right. Uh, is that true, Ahmed? What's the deal with the spikes? The spike was Hulk gave them to me. And first of all, if you know Hulk, you ain't going to take nothing from Hulk, brother, without a fist fight. <laughs> Now, if I would have stolen spikes, we would have been fist fighting because Hawk wasn't going to let you get away with it. Right. And uh, so, Animal, I don't know where he got that piece of crap from. <laughs> That's interesting, man. Do you, uh, that kind of make you look at him differently? Yeah, it did, man. It, it really did. I mean, not Hawk. Hawk was Hawk no matter what. I mean, he was always cool, man. We did some independent shows together, me and mm-hmm. him. And um, I think Animal got a little jealous of that, that Hawk was taking me on some of these shows with him. Ah, uh, I see. We have uh, another, uh, okay, another another sna- uh, super chat from Slapdown. Also wanted to say I was very upset you and Sean never won the tag titles. Today, wrestlers need to hit the gym more. Ahmed 2024 Hall of Fame. I agree. Uh, Christopher with the $5 says, did Vince actually take Ahmed out of the nation of domination? Because he said, Ahmed, no one will believe anyone can beat you guys. Yes. Yes, he did. Exactly. He called all of us to the office. Once I got with the nation, he called all of us to the office. And uh, he told me, you know, Ahmed, I'm going to take you back out the nation. And I'm like, I just got in the nation. You know, I just made all the fans turn on me. I just got in the nation. And I was kind of upset because I was like, how am I going to win my fans back? And um, so he said, uh, well, see, the problem is nobody can believe that you guys can be beat. And, mm. you know, once I took a look at the tape, man, and seeing me, Farouk, Mark Henry, D'Lo, 
come with stop for walking down there, I can understand why he I mean, said what he said. Look at this photo. That is some mean motherfuckers right there, man. That is some mean meat right there. So I can see why Vince was like, you know what? <laughs> These guys are unbeatable right now. There is the nation of domination. What, what, when he told you you were going to go to the nation, what was your reaction, Ahmed? Were you, were you happy about it? Were you, were you digging it? What, what, what was the deal there? Well, I, I knew that it was going to be a dynamic team. And I kind of felt like Vince thought, I was like, who are you going to make believable that believe that we can be beat right. with a powerhouse like that? Cause you were so, you were super over then. Um, I mean, yeah, you were you were blazing. Were you kind of upset that you had to go heal, or were yeah, you kind yeah, of like, I was. Yes, really? I was. But you know what? The fans once they turned me back, the fans took back to me like water. I mean, it wasn't a delay in them, you know, liking me, and I had to build it back up or anything. It was, the, I mean, the fans just right back with the program, you know. Yeah, I mean, you guys were. Definitely badass, man. Unbelievable. Now, The Rock. Okay, because as we all know, the, the, the nation thing didn't last too long, which surprised me. Right. It was like a revolving door with you and the nation. And The Rock becomes The Rock. Did you get along with The Rock during this time? Well, he was part of that nation group. And like I said, there was a lot of jealousy with them and me. You know, said becoming the first African American champion in WWF. There was a lot of jealousy between them and me. So I mean, we were cordial, but I mean, it's not like we went out and had tea or anything. Yeah, you guys got along though. Did you ever get any any backstage backstage heat or anything like that? Um, one time in the in the, the locker room, me and Rock got into an argument. This is where D'Lo claimed he got me in a full Nelson. And I guess for some reason the poor Nelson must have been a fight because he said it was a, it was a fight, but I don't know where all that came from. Where he got the full Nelson from? Where he got the backroom fight from? But it, that never happened. What was the fight over between you and The Rock? Well, we were arguing over basically our finish and you know, who was going to do what in the ring. Okay. Well, back then, he wasn't a rock. You know, he was Rocky Maivia coming, becoming the rock. But it was basically, you know, him not wanting to take my finish, me not wanting to take his finish. It was kind of a back and forth argument from there. We have a uh, super chat from Ibzon. Do you get mad like me when online fans say you never... You were never over, which isn't true. Even later, when you came back after leaving the nation, fans still cheered. Do I get upset? Yeah. You know, you're going to have keyboard fans no matter where you go. You have them keyboard warriors who are going to, you know, talk their trash. That's true. And no, I don't, I don't have a problem with that, man. If they want to talk, let them talk, you know? Yeah. Like Ice Cube said, you know, let a hoe be a hoe. Speak, King. Speak. The king. 
Uh, Jim Ross was uh, talking about uh, your run in the WWF. I, I have a question. I need to get a confirmation from you on it. Okay. Okay. Now, Jim Ross said you had some of the biggest triceps in the game. Right. right. You, you, you had a million dollars. Everyone says a million dollar body. But he heard that the triceps were implants. Is that <laughs> true? Were your triceps implants on that? Oh, my God, brother. That is the most stupidest shit I ever heard in my life. <laughs> my triceps were implants. I swear to God, he said it word for with Mr. <laughs> J.R. Jim Ross. Oh, man. So yeah, I'm guessing. Like his fat belly was an implant. There you go. So I'm guessing that's a no. No, brother. No, I, an implant. I didn't even know they make tricep implants back then. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what he said, man. Uh, JB4117 says, Ahmed Johnson seems like a cool dude. He is, man. He's a real cool dude. Thank you, brother. Uh, fight with D'Lo. You mentioned that, where D'Lo claims that he, he stretched you. <laughs> so so none of that happened with D'Lo. Brother, that didn't happen at all. What what is the definition of stretching me? That's the that's the word he said. He I stretched him. And I'm not even sure what that means. I don't even know what it means either. Is that some now, lingo? You know, a- you know, being the person that you are and being the interviewer you are, if D'Lo Brown had stretched me out, everybody <laughs> in the locker room would have been talking about it. <laughs> And so far, you can't get anybody to talk about it but him and Mark Henry. That's it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ, when did this happen? And why wasn't anybody else there to see him stretch me? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So we got no to the implants and no to the stretching. We we, we no. got confirmation from Ahmed. No, my, my arms are still huge, man. My arms are still huge. I'm... No implants. You, bro. no implants. I don't see any scars there, man. I think you're good. No, no, no scars. They said stretching Tattoo. means beat up. Let me say. No scars. No scars. It means beat up. I thought stretching means like a submission hold or something. Like that. That's what I thought it meant. Stretching means beat up. Well, I, I think that it meant beat up. Interesting. Yeah, that's see, I didn't even know what this was. You beat somebody up and they don't come out with a scar anywhere. And he definitely would have had some scars. And he didn't come out with any scars. So where he stretched me at, I have no idea. Did you get along with any of these guys in the nation? What about uh, Kama, the Godfather? Did you get along with him, brother? It was, it was, you know, it was the black thing, where they were jealous that I became the first black Intercontinental Champion, and they were very jealous, and still are, still is to today. Wow. You know, and it, and it's sad. It really is. Yeah. Um, you have, uh, I do have a question too. A, a lot of people are asking why you don't do any like, um, appearances and, you know, WrestleCon events or, or autographs. Is it something that you just don't want to do or you, you've just disconnected from the wrestling business or maybe in the future you want to do it? What's the status on that? Well, no, I had back surgery, so I'm just now getting started back in it. Matter of fact, I got one on the, uh, 10th. And the, I mean, at the 11th and 12th in New York and New Jersey. So I'm just getting back. This to be my first time back out in the public since my career. Oh, so I'm bringing it back awesome. up and I'm getting back out. So hopefully I'll be coming to a town near you real soon. 
Good for you, man. Good for you. Do you still talk to Booker T and Stevie Ray to this day? No, we got a lot lost contact, man. Haven't spoken to him since. Wow. No, I, I never really did talk Booker, Booker T. We really, you know, never hit it off together as far as friends or anything goes. But uh, Stevie Ray, I haven't spoke to him in a good while, man. Yeah. After uh, your WWF run, you know, because it kind of came to a, a screeching halt with the second injury. It, it was your knee, correct? Right. You, you did a, a little bit of a run in 99 as Big T in WCW. And it, it was for a few months. What was that quick experience like? What did you learn about WCW compared to WWF at that time? Well, you know, the thing that I learned about WCW, first of all, when I went to WCW, I really didn't want to go because I wasn't in shape. I mean, I had been sitting at home eating bonbons and getting big. <laughs> and um, Stevie really needed a tag team partner, and he wanted somebody he could trust. So he called me in, and I first I told him, no, no. But then Ben Russo gave me a call, and I, you know, told him, yeah, I would do it. But um, the thing about WCW and WWF was, the guys at WCW, you can't get one guy to complain that I was stiff or I hit him too hard or slammed him too hard. But WWF, you got, you know, all these guys crying that, oh, Mitch Johnson was stiff. He was hurting us. But WCW, not one guy ever said that. So you're saying that, do you think that the guys in WCW were tougher? They were either tougher or there was a lie told somewhere. Mm. I mean, how could you go to one federation? And WCW, I wasn't in shape, so I probably did stiff some people. Right. But how did you go from one organization to another and you got all the guys complaining Mm-hmm. But in WCW, you didn't have one guy complain about ever being stiffed by me. Yeah, and you know Even what? Hogan. That, it could go back to the jealousy uh, in the back at WWF. Exactly. You know, people were upset. I mean, you did get pushed pretty quickly to the IC yeah. title, so you could see, you can understand where they're coming from. But, you know, Vince, I mean, it worked. The people right, loved I, it. I mean, people loved the intensity that I had. They yeah. knew that it wasn't fake and something you couldn't buy. Right. You know, and like I said, Vince had brought many of people in trying to get that intensity back, but that was part of attitude error was my attitude. Mm. Who is the closest to Ahmed Johnson since you've left? Is there anyone that's close or could be an Ahmed Johnson as far as look intensity? Who who do you look for in the next Ahmed Johnson? I would say the person that brings the most intensity right now is Brock Lesnar. Oh. He had that intensity. He's a monster. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Brock Lesnar brings that intensity to the ring when he comes every time. And Can of course, I'm thinking about him saying he's too stiff and, you know, he works too hard. And, you know, I guess sometimes intensity can't take over. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm not saying I didn't stiff some people, but hey, like match with me and Vader. Me and Vader, it was a shoot match from the word go. Because Vader told me in the locker room, he said, brother, when we go out here, he said, I'm going to really hit you. <laughs> and he said, I don't mind if you hit me back. That was his exact words. Really? When we got in the ring, I thought he was, you know, pulling my leg. And no, he really 
<laughs> threw them shots in there, man. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't playing. So, I mean, that's the way he wanted it. That's the way we did it. But when we got done, we went to the back and hugged each other and was cool with it and everything else. Uh, people are asking where in uh, New Jersey are you going to be at your uh, appearance? Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be, but I'll, I'll make sure I get somebody and put it on the, on the Facebook for you. Everybody follow uh, Ahmed or Tony. He's it's a, it's under his real name, Tony Norris on Facebook. You can follow him there and he'll be posting all of his appearances, upcoming uh, autograph sessions, what have you on the uh, Facebook page. Yes, sir. Uh, somebody asking, they want to see, do you have the intercontinental title with you? They want to see that. Do you have that on you at this time? No, I got it kind of in a bag in the back. He's got that stored away. Yeah. All right, we have, let's see. Uh, we have Cameron here. Mark Henry claimed you kicked Farouk in the liver and put him out for nine months. Is that no, that wasn't, that wasn't a kick in the liver I did, Farouk. That's when I slammed him through the table, which was a receipt mm. for him kicking me in, in, in my kidney and roughing my kidney. So, yeah, what I did was I picked him up and slammed him through the table pretty hard and that was just a receipt for what he did to me uh adam asks ahmed what is your favorite match in your wwf run my favorite match was one i was just talking about with vader man because it was a shoot match and it was a hell of a match man rest in peace the rest in peace to vader man yes another let you got to you got to work with some legends man yes sir you really did. You you are blessed, my man. Blessed. Yes, sir. Blessed. Unbelievable uh, career. Now, we know it was short. We know it was quick. But personally, I think you deserve a Hall of Fame spot because of what you did for WWF becoming the first African-American Intercontinental Champion. Yes, sir. Uh, that automatically deserves hall of fame status what is your outlook on if they were to call you do you think first of all do you think you should be in the hall of fame and what would you do if they called you to be in it how would you react oh yes sir definitely been the first african-american single champion in history i definitely deserve to be in the hall of fame but you know vince is a little upset with me because the way i exited but uh hey it is what it is I do want to touch on that. Do you, when you left, it was under circumstances that when you tell people, it's like, oh my God, you know, your, your sister was, was dying at the time due to, to cancer. Um, and you were, you just literally walked out just to be with her, which is understandable. But why didn't you go to Vince? Why didn't you explain it to him? What, what was going on in your mind at that moment? I, I I don't know. I mean, I went to Vince and uh, we talked about it a little bit and um, he kind of gave me an option, oh. an option that I wasn't going to, you know, abide by. So I just went to the back, packed my bag and I left. Oh, so you did speak with him before? The a a little bit. Okay. But I was the kind of person and I'm, I'm just that kind of person where I keep my problems to myself. Yeah, that's I don't let the other people in on you know what's going on with me. 
it's understandable Hello. because of the way you grew up too you know you, right. you... so I, I i never went to vince and complained about anybody in the ring or this that and the other you know I, if it was a problem i handle it uh ahmed when you look back on your career right is there anything that you regret I regret leaving the way I did, early as I did. I, I do regret that, man, because, you know, there were a lot of fans that wanted me back and still today want me back. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do regret, you know, leaving my fans hanging like I did, you know, leaving the way I did. I, I regret that. Right. Uh, we have one more question before we head out of here. First of all, Ahmed, thank you so, so much. Thank you, brother. For being with me here. This is from, uh, well, we got, we got two more, uh, from Mike D thoughts on Viscera when he passed. Oh, it was, um, a sad moment, man. You know, I used to talk to him all the time mm. and, um, it, it was, it's a sad moment, man. And, uh, Mr. Matthew Marabito, Sean Michaels or Bret Hart, whose side are you on? Bret Hart. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> you heard it. I'm a Hitman fan. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Pounding the Meat with me and the Pearl River powerhouse, Tony Norris, Ahmed Johnson. Thank, thank you. Thank you, brother. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to Hannibal TV, Pounding the Meat on YouTube. I appreciate the engagement and the viewership. And Ahmed, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so, hey, so, bro, so I much. You too, man. Y'all be safe. On Facebook. Hit up Tony Norris on Facebook, man. Get that action figure. Keep an eye out when he's doing those autograph signings and appearances. And until then, we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. Peace. <laughs>